And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, my name is Shelton Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the east end of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew, and as a wise man once said, <laughs> tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointments now. Well, 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 big win for the Toronto Raptors. I mean, it was an ugly, ugly, ugly game, but a win nonetheless, right? At the end of the day, you look at the score sheet and you come out on top and that's what matters. Raptors win 122 to 104. Spicy P. Tying his career high with 44 points. Solid shooting night at 17 of 28 from the floor. Add in 10 rebounds, 5 of 10 from 3. Solid night from Spicy P. And I mean, could have went for 50, but your man's Chris Boucher's out here jacking up shots at the end of the game when Spicy's trying to get to 50. That's pretty funny. But as mentioned, my name is Sean Alexander and you are tuned in. To this is a wrap it up podcast. As you know, if you're tuning in live on Twitter, thank you very much for doing so. As we are live on Twitter at Shell Alexander, following each and every Toronto Raptors game. When you see that link, you can click and enter the chat, send in your comments and questions because this is bringing our, or sorry, what I call my group text to the masses. And this is what we do here on Twitter live after each and every show at Shell Alexander. Also taking your comments and questions on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And of course, if you tune in in the middle and you didn't catch things from the beginning, don't worry, we got you covered. Or if you want to check out in the middle of this pod because you want to go out, it's Friday night, no problem. We got you covered. This becomes a podcast which you can find on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and on YouTube. Just search on Blast Podcast. This is a part of the On Blast Podcast Network. This is called Wrap It Up once again to talk your Toronto Raptors. And let's be serious. Again, a very ugly night for the Toronto Raptors. 122-104. Big night for Spicy P. But there's so much other things that went on in this game, including Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka both getting hurt in the first half. Both of them did not play in the second half. So Eric Kareen on Twitter says that Kyle Lowry has a small fracture in his left thumb, not related to previous injury. Abaka has severely sprained ankle, according to Nurse. Not good. Uh, Lowry, of course, heard it swiping at the ball after Favors' offensive rebound. Thought it was a nail issue because it was black and blue immediately. Further testing tomorrow. No timetable yet. So that does not sound good. If you're a Raptors fan, Kyle Lowry going down. And, I mean, it, it sucks too because Kyle Lowry was off to such a great start this season. Kyle Lowry, much like he did last year, came out the gate gunning. And we know that he had off-season surgery on his hand. But when he came in and the season started, Kyle Lowry didn't look hurt at all. He wasn't feeling any effects of that off-season thumb surgery he came out gunning, and to start the season, Kyle Lowry scoring 24 points per game is just work. Averages, if you look at his regular season averages so far, as mentioned, 24 points, 
shooting 48% from the floor and 42%, basically 43% from three, giving you just below seven assists per game, just below five rebounds a game. It's a great start to the season for Kyle Lowry. He already had a game of 36 points, 29 points. This is just not a good look for the Toronto Raptors. And now, if you're talking about Fred Van Fleet being hobbled, things have just got a lot tougher. This back-to-back coming up just got a whole lot tougher for the, for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys, though, what do you guys think in terms of Kyle Lowry's, um, how the Raptors will fare without Kyle Lowry in the lineup? I mean, at the end of the day, there's a lot of pressure on Fred Van Fleet right now with Kyle Lowry in the lineup. Without Kyle Lowry, this could be this could be some problems here. Like, you desperately need Kyle Lowry. You cannot survive this season without Kyle Lowry. And you, you know, as I've been saying, you know the injury from Kyle Lowry is going to come because that's just what happens at this stage of his career. Uh, more comments on Lowry. I want to get you guys' reaction to Kyle Lowry possibly going to be missing some time here. Uh, more comments here on Lowry. We need Lowry. There's a huge drop-off at PG. Terrence Davis, I'm not convinced. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot to ask of Terrence Davis. you got to remember, right, this is an undrafted rookie. To plug him in right away and expect him to, to handle major minutes at point guard at this level? Wow. What, seven, eight games into the season? That's a lot to ask. Uh, Pastor Wesley brings up a good point. McCaw's already out too. And he was the one who was supposed to take a lot of these minutes away from Kyle and Fred in terms of just having them rest. So I'm not really sure how that's going to go, but we're about to find out what Terrence Davis and Matt Thomas are made of because those guys, and most importantly, Norman Powell. Like this is where the Raptors really need Norman Powell. There's no more games. There's no more like, oh, Norm, this is cute. You're having a bad start to the season. Like, no, 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 no. It's time for Norm to step into his role and really absorb a lot of the minutes and production from those guys. Let's move on and discuss what actually took place from the get-go. Because, as mentioned, this was an ugly game. But the pace of play in the league is at an all-time high. And the Pelicans are just one of those teams that just try to get up and down. They try to run up and down, shoot a lot of threes, but the talent isn't really there. And, you know, you, obviously they're missing Zion, but you look at that lineup and you got Lonzo, Drew Holiday, Ingram, Melly, who, if you remember from the last time the Raps played them on opening night, that dude was splashing threes. Much quieter night tonight, but also they start Jalil Okafor weird ass team this pelicans are this pelicans bunch is but anyways pascal came out gunning pascal i'm pretty sure had the raps first eight points of the night he came out focused i don't know if it's just something he has against the pelicans but if you remember opening night also had a monster performance against him as well so it shouldn't be a surprise that he came out gunning tonight as well so first quarter pascal was putting in work Three of six from three, 16 points in the first queue. And the thing there was you're seeing him and OG confidently, consistently stepping into three-point shots. And it's a reference I use all the time because I also think it's one of the funniest Drake lines ever The when he's talking about Kobe, but he says, you was with me shooting jumpers in the gym. And Rick Ross with the, with the heavy, uh, with some extra bass in it. I feel like that's Pascal for sure, and OG, we're seeing more and more. OG Ananobi 
I mean, he is surpassing my expectations. I can't even lie. We're coming into this season and we know Spicy was going to take another leap or it was expected Siakam to take another leap. OG was injured for most of last season and he was expected to make a leap. We weren't really sure if he was going to take the leap, but so far, wow. That three-point shot, he was five of seven tonight in this game from three-point land. And this is after coming in, shooting 50% from the land beyond, as they say. OG Ananobi puts up 21 points in this game, seven rebounds, four assists, but it's the shooting numbers. Seven of 13, that's just high-efficiency scoring. And I know I talked about wanting to see OG get a lot more easy baskets, just cutting, leaking out, getting layups. But at the end of the day, if the three-point shot is like that, it doesn't even matter how he does it, right? Because he's just putting in work. And he just looks a lot more confident. There are a couple plays where, you know, he tried to maybe do a little too much after Kyle was out and Serge was out of the game. But you're going to take that. It's the same story we saw last year with Pascal, where you saw the moments where Pascal had it in him, but you also saw the moments where he was kind of out of control. But you learn that with young players, you're going to live with those mistakes. Because at the end of the day, this is your next wave. Pascal and OG are your next wave. And <laughs> it's funny to think about this now. Because we almost forget about OG last season. Because it was kind of like a redshirt year. Getting to watch Kawhi and Danny Green. But he had a front row seat to all of this. But... You almost forget that the big win for Masai Ujiri when he made the Kawhi Leonard trade was that he didn't give up not only Pascal, but also OG. And you're seeing now why that was such a big deal. I thought this was a prove-it year for, for OG. I wanted to see what OG would come with because there's a lot of expectations on OG and Anobi this season. And he has improved. Not only just a shot, but he looks a lot more confident in what he's doing. And even when he's missing threes, he's still not hesitating when he shoots them. And I think that's the biggest key. His shot mechanics just look so good. Again, both him and Pascal doing such a good job of moving the ball. Last game, Pascal and OG both had five assists. Tonight, they both had four assists. And you're learning this from, and I know people are going to take this the wrong way because they overreact every time I bring up Marc Gasol's name, but the movement of the ball, the ball rarely sticks in this Raptors offense. And that becomes contagious because everybody wants to move the ball. Everybody wants to move the ball and cut because you know you can get the ball back. And so that way the ball doesn't stick. The offense is always free-flowing, and you get nights like this when... Pascal's going for 44, OG's going for 21, and their shooting percentages are both disgusting. Combined, they're 10 for 17 from three. Think about that for a second. <laughs> if I take you back two years, so I'm not even saying last year, take you back two years, and if I were to tell you that we would be at a point where Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi combined in a game went 10 for 17 from three, would you believe that? <laughs> That's crazy. But end of the day, this is this is the reality that is the Toronto Raptors for this season. And it, as mentioned, as ugly as this game was, it was tied 30 all at the end of the first quarter. <laughs> Does that seem weird? 
<laughs> we almost forget that. It was 30-30 after one quarter, and then the Raps just went on a crazy run. The bench started to come in. You're getting hustle plays. Chris Boucher, I think, had a big play that really turned things around. There's a breakaway, and he hustled back to at least contest the breakaway layup. Serge gets a rebound, brought that back up the other way. Bang, that turns into a three-pointer. Raps all of a sudden are up 11 points, and they got out to a 22-6 run, or sorry, a 22-6 lead in terms of fast break points. And that, to me, really changed the game because they were... It's one thing to want to play fast, which the Pelicans, as you can tell, want to play fast, but they weren't really hitting their shots. And once the Raptors started to hit their shots, or at least started to hit the glass when they didn't hit shots, again, I bring up Chris Boucher, who was super active in this game. Remember, Lowry misses, misses a three. Boucher follows it up with a crazy stick-back jam, gives a little yell to the bench, and you can see the bench all fired up. But you're starting to see glimpses from Boucher that at least you can get minutes from him. I don't think you can get I don't think you can rely on him yet. We're not there yet. But you're starting to see glimpses that at least he doesn't look lost in just regular routine minutes. Now, again, would I like him to pass the ball to Pascal at the end of the game when Pascal's hot and going for 50? Of course. <laughs> but we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh but still Solid minutes from Boucher, and the one thing that those two guys taking the second half off, it meant that there were a lot more minutes to come for the Toronto Raptors, and guys who haven't really gotten extended run in terms of Chris Boucher, in terms of Terrence Davis, in terms of, we even saw Malcolm Miller sighting in this game, but Norman Powell was forced into action. He actually started the second half, and there's a lot less pressure in that because of the way that the Raptors played in the second quarter to kind of blow up the lead, again, Boucher, that Boucher stick back was an 18-0 run for the Raps. Lowry hit a three, part of a 23-3 run, gave the Raps a 17-point lead. I mean, then it was just a little uh, Pascal and Freddie with a little Puffy and Mace flow back-to-back. -back. Sorry, that reference might be a little too old for most of the people watching that. But the Puffy and Mace flow just means, you know how they would like wrap bar-to-bar and kind of rotate? Well, there's a, a sequence in this game where Pascal has a ball. No, Freddie had the ball first, drove in the lane, found Pascal. Pascal hits the three. Next time down the court, Pascal's the one driving into the lane. Freddie spots up in the corner, knocks down the three. And that was a run for the Raps where they had started out with 14 assists on their first 22 field goals. Not to mention going 6 of 8 from 3 in the second quarter. When you're shooting numbers like that, and Pascal started out 5 for 8 from 3, when you're starting out shooting like that, you're going to beat most teams in the league. And you're definitely going to beat the New Orleans Pelicans, right? So again, halftime comes... Raptors won the second quarter 45 to 23 for a 75 to 53 halftime lead. And Pascal was just on fuego. Even if you go back to the first half, my guy put up 26, 7, and 2 in 15 minutes. <laughs> 15 minutes. And tied his career high of five threes in the first half of this game. So it was basically jam done from there. Credit to the Pelicans, they extended their bench in the second half, tried to give some others some run, and the Raptors, for their part, they were struggling. 
there's a moment there where the Raptors were struggling and the Pelicans made a bit of a run and they were led at one point by the Canadian kid, Toronto native, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker, who my guy was just burying shots. And he also just gave some energy, right? It was a different look. It was a change of pace, but he was doing really well. He came out and he hit a three that capped a 13 to three run, cut it to 12. I think the closest it got was 11 and a lot of that too was also self-inflicted by the Raptors because they had a lot of turnovers. They started the fourth quarter, one of six, and it was just terrible. 15, I think the last I had it at was 15 turnovers in the second half. It just wasn't a good look, but Raps settled back down. OG splashed a couple more threes, and it was jammed done. End of the day, great showing for the Toronto Raptors. And hey, should it take... 44 from Pascal and, you know, to beat the Pelicans on the road? No. But here's the thing. Kyle Lowry goes down. Serge goes down. And you have some guys thrusted in the moments that you're not really prepared for. But, but, it's a glimpse into what you will need this season. Because I know as much of a joke as it turned into everyone mocking uh, my pick for the Raptors at the start of the year... But a lot of that was based off the fact of consistency, but not believing that they were going to get consistent health this season, right? And they can't really afford to have injuries. Because if they do, then you're relying a lot on Pascal, OG, but then also Norm. And this might be, what, Norm's second good game? And Norm finished in this game with 18 points on 6 of 10 shooting, 2 of 4 from 3. Norm was a lot better in this game for sure. But if there's no Kyle, and if there's no Surge, you're going to be relying a lot on guys like Chris Boucher, Terrence Davis. That's going to be big. That's going to be really big. And Siakam's 44, you're going to need some of that 44 against the Lakers and Clippers coming up. So this is a great look. Let Pascal get his confidence, because he's going to need all of that and more the next two games against the Red Hot Lakers team and, of course, Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers, but good look for the Raps. I want to. I just want to see, and I'll get to some comments now. I see K2's Garnett coming at me already, saying even if we have injuries, the East is soft. Fams seventh. Just say you were wrong. I'll forgive you. I never said the Raps were going to come in seventh. I said they would be in the bottom half of the playoffs, which means five, six, seven, or eighth. And said somewhere in the six or seven range, and you guys just took seven and ran with it. <laughs> but anyways, that's not the point. My point is, again, I'm fine with being wrong. I'm okay if I'm wrong. But health is going to be a major factor. And Fred Van Fleet, I know people are bigging up Freddie. And Freddie finished with 12 points and 11 assists, add in five rebounds, two steals. But Freddie shot three of 15 in this game. And I touched on it last game because this is becoming kind of a trend here. And I don't know, you know, I don't know what what's really going on. I don't know if Freddie's hurt. So I don't know how to really gauge what's going on. But again, I'll mention this. Fred Van Fleet to start the season. First game of the year against the New Orleans, the same New Orleans Pelicans. Fred Van Fleet had 34 points on 12 of 18 shooting. Since then... Since that game, Fred Van Fleet has gone 2 for 11. Then he had a 
okay, five for 14, then went three for 14. Then his second best game was five for nine against the Pistons. But then after that, two for 10, three for nine, and then tonight, three for 15. I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just bringing this up. I'm just, I'm not saying that, you know, Fred can't handle this job or we're getting too much from, or you're asking for too much from Fred Van Fleet at this point, or I'm not saying that he's not a starting point guard in the league. I'm not saying that. I don't know if it's his ankle. All I'm stating is the facts that Fred Van Fleet, if you go through his shooting numbers this season, if you X out two games, the first game of the year against the Pelicans, and then the fifth game of the year against the Pistons, there's some ugly, ugly shooting numbers. And yeah, maybe he's hurt, you know, and and give him credit because he's gutting it out. And either way, one of the things I brought up was that, you know, even if you're getting the 25 or whatever it is from Pascal, the mid-20s, you need Freddie and all those other dudes to be in the 12 to 15 range. Now, Freddie's shooting is is not doing well, and he's not getting he's not getting there at a, at a nice clip, but he's still getting there. And you hope that it'll improve. You'll need it to improve against the better teams, and it'll be a great test to see what happens the next two games or even just on this road trip because that's a massive, massive test. But again, three for 15. The game before that, three for nine. The game before that, two for 10. Then again, X out the Detroit game. You're talking about three for 11, five for 14, two for, 12, two for 11. I don't know. We hope that it improves, and Freddie might be running into a problem here. Someone brings up in the chat. Freddie gets hacked every time he drives. It's not about scoring with him. Uh, he organizes the offense, and the way, and we are way more poised with him on the court, and he's a threat alone to shoot, to shoot, and he spaces a court for Siakam. All those things are true. All those things are true. I don't, I mean, I don't think he gets hacked every time he drives. But the refs aren't also going to give you that call as a as a small point guard driving into the lane and throwing your body into the defense. The refs aren't going to give you that call. But at the end of the day, you're right. I still think he's doing a really good job of leading the team. His assist numbers are still really, really good. Um, he's just under, what, seven assists? Basically at seven assists per game. He's doing a good job in leading the team. I like how he pushes the pace. I still think it's the right answer in terms of the Raptors starting lineup, having Kyle Lowry and Freddie both be the starters. I still think that's your best case scenario because um, it's just your best lineup. It's your best lineup in terms of consistent shooting. He's going to give you that. I know the numbers are bad, but what he also provides, it's kind of like the Gasol thing, right? It's just another ball mover. Someone who doesn't, the ball doesn't stick when it's with Freddie for the most part, I'm going to say he's done a way better job in this year than we've seen him in past years in terms of running the offense and having the ball move and not just standing there and dribble, 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 dribble. But hopefully Freddie's okay. I mean, I don't know when he'll he'll get a chance to rest, but a lot of that will also depend on the development of some of the Raptors bench guys who haven't really been getting that many minutes I thought I might see more time from Matt Thomas in this game, but between Matt Thomas and between um, Terrence Davis, those two guys got to really start stepping up and more consistent minutes from Norm to ease some of the load off of Freddie. Freddie still played 36 minutes in this game, and 
Terrence Davis gave you 16 minutes, but he didn't get on the score sheet, didn't score. And I'm looking for Matt Thomas. Matt Thomas played 12 minutes in this game, hit one three. Those guys got to get more consistent minutes just to, to be more of a factor in terms of easing the load on those guys. Let's get back to some more comments here because as mentioned, this is about the conversation. I appreciate you guys tuning in with your comments. Again, hit us up on Twitter at Shell Alexander or on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. First up, we have Sig Social Group says playing like champs. I mean, sure, they didn't, they didn't, they bend, they bent, but they didn't break. I'll give them that. Cool. Uh, another comment here on Twitter. Good game. OG and Pascal are growing into an interesting duo. I mean, I'm just going to enjoy the ride. I'm not going to put too much pressure on OG or Pascal. I think that's part of the fun of watching these young guys develop because you're seeing what they've added from this season to last season. So I'm just going to enjoy the ride. You know the defense is there, but as, as you add more responsibility to them, meaning... You got to give it up on both ends of the floor and not just against the Pelicans, but against the Bucks, against the Celtics, against the Clippers, against the Lakers. That's what I'm interested to see. And you see nights like this, which tells you that you can do it. So now the next step is doing it consistently. Um, another comment, second quarter was on fire. Totally agree with that. As mentioned before, gave you those numbers. Raps just, that's when this game was really lights out. Um, OG, uh, let's see, that's a rap pod. Shout out to that's a rap pod who says OG and spicy combined for 65. We're going to be fine again. I hope you're right. I just want one of these games to come against one of the big boy teams. You know me, if you follow this podcast, I love me the big boy games. So these games tell me what you're capable of. Now, can you do it consistently? That's what I want to see. Let's get to, let's get to some comments here. Uh, Glow Girl Smile on Instagram says, Freddie needs another baby birth. <laughs> well played. If you remember, well, you're watching this podcast, you definitely remember Freddie's run last year started with the birth of his, his child during the playoffs last season. So, hey, I don't, I don't know, but this is tough because I mentioned Freddie's numbers and I mentioned how much he's been struggling since this, his first game of the season. And now, if you're telling me that Kyle Lowry's out and Freddie's been struggling, this is going to be tough. But again, I'm not saying this out of any... I'm not trying to be malicious. I'm just saying part of the reason why we talked about where the Raptors would be was because they needed to stay healthy. They can't deal with long-term injuries. They just can't. They're not They're not built for that at this stage. Um Another comment here on Instagram says, Freddie must be hurt. He doesn't look right on offense. Discuss that. I mean, Freddie, Freddie's gutting it out. He is. And going to just need more of that at this point. Or you're going to start seeing a lot of Terrence Davis. Um, Pastor Wesley says, love Boucher's energy, even if it's misguided sometimes. That's true. I mean, one thing, you want someone to be active. I like his energy when he dunks and he's yelling at people. I'll take that. I like that. Not mad at that at all. Um, Alex says, Fred needs to work on his finishing at the rim against bigger bodies. Yeah, that's definitely true, but it's also a tough skill to learn, man. I mean, at this point, I like that Freddie has 
really worked on his three-point shot. And I know he's in a shooting slump right now, but as mentioned earlier by someone in the chat, he still spaces the floor well because he's a threat. And hopefully, hopefully the three-point shot comes back. Uh, let's see. DJ Raymond says, not sure I would give Fred that long-term four-year deal. I mean, you got time to figure that out, but basically that's what this season's about. To show me your bet on yourself, right? That's, that's what this year is for Freddie. Diversified Youth says, Fred Van Fleet will be fine. Too early to overrate defense, to overreact. Defense is nice and he controls the offense right. Totally agree with that. Uh, Ragul says, I think OG needs to get more touches on offense when Siakam is on the bench. To be honest, I don't want to rush the development of OG. Where OG's at right now is perfect. Still work on getting easy baskets cutting and off your defense. And if you knock down those threes, more power to you. Keep knocking them down. But I don't think OG's at the stage yet when you're giving him the ball and telling him to create off the dribble. Not there yet. Got to slow that down. Uh, James checks in, telling me the, the uh, Lowry fractured thumb news. That's tough. Very tough. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Uh, no pressure on OG. He's a new Kawhi. <laughs> well played. Well played. I see I see what you did there. Um, let's see. Ragul says, other than AD, who from the Lakers will be able to guard Siakam? <laughs> I mean, there's a guy named LeBron James who still plays on the Lakers. And I know that he's not the same LeBron James. And this whole hashtag washed king thing is going on. But he's still LeBron. I'm not saying he's going to lock down Siakam, but he also doesn't have to do it the whole game. And you said other than AD, as if like they couldn't just say, hey, AD, match Siakam's minutes. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Someone else checks in and says, I feel like the Clippers are a tougher matchup. I think at this stage, with or without Kyle and Serge, I mean, even with those guys in the lineup, those were both tough matchups. And whichever one's tougher, I guess just because it's the second night of the back-to-back. -back. I think they both present different, different struggles, if that makes sense. So the first night, I mean, Dwight Howard, the Lakers are playing a lot of minutes with Dwight Howard, AD, and LeBron in the front court. That's a lot of rebounding. That's a lot of size that the Raptors don't have. So that's already a difficult matchup. And then if you fast forward the following night, and you're talking about Kawhi and Lou Will, that's more perimeter play. But then add in Pat Beverly, that'll just be like, he will be up in Fred's grill the whole game. So that's a tougher matchup for the guards. So which one's tougher? I don't know. But I just think they provide a different, a different aspect of toughness, if that makes sense. It's going to be a tough go for sure. Um, Glow Girl Smile brings up, we're talking about who's going to guard Siakam. She says Danny Green, and I, I agree with that. Danny Green will definitely see some minutes on Kawhi as well. Um, let's see, another comment. This is where we got to show some champion, some champion type grit. No K-Lo or Surge, got to grind out the rest of this road trip. Oof. The tough part is, a lot of your championship pedigree and championship mentality comes from Kyle Lowry and Serge. So now you're asking that from like Malcolm Miller and, you know, guys that really weren't a part of that championship um, DNA, let's say, from last season. Uh, let's see. Ragul says, I think Serge will be good to go against the Lakers. 
We're not sure, but I hope that's the case. I hope that's key because the Raptors cannot, cannot, cannot deal with having a long time without Serge Ibaka and Kyle Lowry. If Kyle's gone, I mean, Terrence Davis, welcome to the NBA. And if Serge is out, man, here comes the Chris Boucher show. The MVP of the Raps 905 might need him to be the MIP of the Toronto Raptors. Uh, another question here says, what's the deal with Rondé? He wasn't even in uniform tonight. Yeah, Rondé, Hollis Jefferson, and Stanley Johnson. I mean, if there's ever a time for those guys to step up and at least contribute something, yeah. Now would be it. Because the Raptors win the game, win the game big, 122-104. Pascal Siakam with 44 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. But the big loss for the Raptors Kyle Lowry down with a fractured thumb and Serge Ibaka severe ankle sprain. So it's not good news for the Toronto Raptors overall. I think if you ask them, would you just get through this game and take an L, but you still have Kyle and Serge? I'm sure they'd make that trade. But now all eyes focus to the rest of this Raptors road trip, which again includes a back-to-back that starts in LA against the Lakers. Next night, same building against the Clippers. Following that, on Wednesday, they got the Portland Trailblazers, and the road trip ends in Dallas next Saturday. This is going to be very interesting for the Toronto Raptors, and at this point, I think any win that you can get, especially if you're telling me you're without Kyle Lowry, I'll be happy with any win the Raptors can get on this road trip without Kyle Lowry, because this will be the reminder that you need Kyle Lowry. All the aspirations that people are talking about, Raptors being top three in the Eastern Conference, I bet you all those people were basing that off of Kyle Lowry being healthy. Because if there's no Kyle Lowry, this Raptors team is not coming in top three in the Eastern Conference. But hey, hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully we can figure some stuff out. Siakam will will, you know, have to take on a much bigger role. Same for OG. They did that tonight. 44 points for Pascal, 21 for OG, but big losses for the Raptors on the injury front. Hopefully everything tunes out better next time around for the Raptors in terms of health because they cannot handle much more injuries than what they're dealing with at this moment. But again, thanks you guys for joining me, whether you tuned in on Twitter. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Really enjoyed taking... Uh, your comments and questions. Uh, let's see here. Let me get some last ones here on Twitter as some people just tuned in. Uh, time for Stanley and Rondé to be utilized. That comes from at Raptors Homer. Appreciate that. Totally agree on that. Uh, let's see. Someone else says, we will get crushed by Boston come Christmas time. Too far away to worry about that. Um, Austin says, I think losing Abaco will be huge. We're thin at center. Yeah. I mean, just as big as Kyle, not having Kyle, not having Serge is massive because you could even argue Serge was having a way better season than Mark Gasol was. And so to lose Serge Abaca at this point, super tough, but hopefully this comment rings true as the last comment says in Nick nurse, we trust well, Nick nurse. Got a tough job ahead of you, man. Hopefully everything turns out well. And again, hopefully you guys, this turned out well for you, this Wrap It Up podcast, as we do live on Twitter after each and every Toronto Raptors game, live on Twitter at 
Michelle Alexander. Really appreciate you guys tuning in and taking all your questions. Same thing goes for Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. Once again, if you ever miss the podcast or want to catch up with any of our other On Blast content, just tune in on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and on YouTube. Just search On Blast Podcast. You'll see the Wrap It Up podcast there or my name, Sheldon Alexander. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm here for you guys. I'm here for you guys because this is a tough one. So we'll talk it through. I'll be here for you guys late night, Sunday night, the next Raptors game, and late night all next week because, I don't know, this road trip just got a whole lot tougher. But either way, guys, I'll be here for you on the Wrap It Up podcast because I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. On Blast.